All right. What's going on, boys and girls? Uh, it just... It was just a random thought that came to my head. But I've actually never ever discussed what is the best rep range to ever train in. Which is really funny, <laughs> considering it's one of the most important questions to ever answer. But I've actually never made a video about what the best rep range is to train in. Uh, so I'm actually gonna answer that. But... And I'll give you like a kind of, uh, kind of like a hint. The answer is definitive, but it's actually not constant. And if that's confusing, it's gonna make sense as I explain the entire thing. But I'm gonna explain to you all of the different rep ranges, all the successes that have come from all these different rep ranges, like why you're doing them in the first place. Uh, all the athletes that have been made, all different kinds of bodybuilders and such that have been made via different rep ranges. And also some of their pros and cons, like why they may or may not have done better in their lifetimes and so on and so forth in their careers if they tried out different rep ranges um, and then finally yeah again the pros and cons of these rep ranges and why you need to be choosing to do all of them and or what's the what's the best one what's the most important one for you right now so let's get into it oh yeah it also took me like six or seven years it took me six seven eight years to actually figure out the answer to this question which might I don't know, which to me was really shocking or surprising because how much can you study in seven or eight years and you still don't know the answer to what is the best rep range. Okay. So, uh, I'm actually gonna start off by straight away giving you the answer because, uh, oh yeah, it also took me like six or seven years, it took me six, seven, eight years to actually figure out the answer to this question, which might, I don't know, which to me was really shocking or surprising because how much can you study in seven or eight years and you still don't know the answer to what is the best rep range. <laughs> and uh, in this case, we're trying to think about a hypertrophy only, like, because mostly it's aesthetics and like building muscle and bodybuilding and such, and that's the only thing that I'm really interested in. So when we're talking about the best rep range, I mean the best rep range for hypertrophy, right? But yeah, it took me six, seven, eight years or something to finally figure the answer out for this one, while I had done all kinds of training in the past already. Okay, so the answer to this question was actually given by Shelby Sarns. Now, I think I mentioned this guy m multiple different times and a lot of you may know him by now, but he used to be like an underground coach in the sense that he's never really been in the in the uh, limelight or anything, except uh, right now some people try to make like drama videos or something off of him. But uh, Shelby Sarns is, in my opinion, one of the smartest coaches that exists. I, I feel, I think he knows really, uh, especially with respect to biochemistry and everything else, he goes a little extreme, but he knows exactly how things work and his athletes show exactly what they look like. So, and how his work uh, basically works, right? But the point here is, the answer to this question, the, the best rep range that you can ever do is the one that you're not currently doing. So I know that's like a philosophical uh, answer and it's, it's one that's like, what the fuck, that didn't really help me at all. <laughs> Which is why I'm gonna explain to you <clears throat> why that answer actually makes complete sense. <clears throat> so, Let's let's keep like uh, three, let's keep like three different rep range ideas or something, right? Let's keep one from zero to six or something. Let's keep one from six to twelve or something like that, or yeah, six to twelve or maybe six to fifteen or something. And let's keep the third one as fifteen plus twenty plus to infinity or something, right? <clears throat> so you have three different rep ranges. 
The high intensity ones are obviously 0 to 6, uh, comparatively lower intensity would be 6 to 12 or 15, and then uh, really low intensity ones and the high volume ones would be uh, 15, 20 plus, right? <coughs> now I've mentioned this multiple different times, but beginners and such, which by the way, a lot of people are beginners and they don't even know this, and a lot of them when they start training with me, their training results go through the fucking roof, and the reason for that is, Again, I made a video about this on push-pull legs and all that kind of stuff is because they've never maximized their beginner gains They've never maximized the progression and if they have they've only tried to milk it out to like tier one or something A beginner is not a person uh, a beginner is just a beginner in the sense like how much can you maximize out? Uh, novice progression or linear progression. How much can you juice out and milk out those gains? It doesn't really make a difference if you've been in the gym for like two months three months six months or three years because a lot of people that have been in the gym for three years have never actually done novice progression or linear progression. They still have like a full three, six months or something of novice or linear progression left where they can get their gains really quickly and then move on from there. But yeah, to come back, I've mentioned this multiple different times before, but beginners do not need to be doing any kind of complex programming or anything. Really simple linear progression programs, really simple stuff, no fancy exercises, no nothing. And uh, you'll maximize uh, both your strength and your size, right? Because as a beginner, strength and size are kind of one is to one and they come together. Only when you keep moving up further and further and further in your career, that's when you need different kinds of uh, training modalities and stuff because now you're trying to train between the differences between sarcoplasmic hypertrophy versus myofibrillar hypertrophy and so on and so forth. <coughs> Now let's actually uh, take a look at if you've had success with people doing different kinds of um, hypertrophy rep ranges and we know the answer to this which is like yes they have obviously right. So who would be high intensity ones? I'd say Mike Menser was one of the first uh, high intensity coach. Uh, Ronnie Coleman is obviously a high intensity guy. Dorian Yates is obviously a high intensity guy. All of these guys ended up being Mr. Olympia right. Multiple different time Mr. Olympias. Um, but we all, we've also had really high volume guys. Like I I'm not 100% but I think Phil Heath's a high volume guy because we've never really seen him do really high intensity squats or deadlifts and so on and so forth. So I don't think uh, Phil Heath has ever been like a high intensity guy. We know that the guy that found Phil Heath, which is Jay Cutler, has always been a high rep, volume, pump work kind of guy. And he's obviously, obviously <laughs> been one of the greatest Olympias that we've seen. And uh, so yes, I'm just I'm just gonna like uh, differentiate between high volume and high intensity, right? Now they've both worked. <coughs> now, let me just kind of go through like I'll just literally give you the examples of the cons right from where we just started off. I think it's gonna be way too windy. That's how it's supposed to say. But yeah, so I'm gonna give you like the cons. Um, um, let's go this side because I'm gonna try to go away from the sound. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> What's he gonna say? What the fuck? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So the cons of the high volume versus high intensity stuff, right? <clears throat> All of the guys that have ever done high intensity, including actually my first coach slash mentor who was Kedad Kapadia, the only thing that he understood was high intensity because according to him, he used to think that as long as you train high intensity or the highest intensity, all of your rep, all of your muscle fibers are going to uh, contract or get uh, what is it activated and such and only when all of your muscle fibers get totally and completely activated is when you can try and maximize hypertrophy right which is a good idea in theory but it doesn't work in practice and also him and Ronnie Coleman and uh, Doreen Yates isn't as bad because I think he left at the right time or so but basically every single person that's ever done high intensity 
has regretted it for the rest of their lives. Every single one. Uh, because they've torn apart all of their muscles, they've torn apart lig ligaments, tendons, broken bones, all kinds of stuff, man. They've, yeah, so high intensity has always had uh, negative side effects uh, for anyone that's ever done it for a really long amount of time. And the thing with high intensity training is you don't know whether you're gonna get the rep, or whether you're gonna get the rep or not while you're working that hard. Are we recording or not? Yeah, we are. <laughs> so you don't know whether you're gonna get the rep or not, and or is the fucking peg just gonna fucking tear off because the intensity is that high, right? So you don't know until the last second or minute whether you have the strength or not. Uh, that would be high intensity stuff. <clears throat> With, oh yeah, yeah, and there's one more thing. Obviously every single person in the entire fucking world, on the entire globe, is enhanced, right? When everyone's enhanced, your muscles are getting three or four times stronger than your bones, tendons, cart cartilage, ligaments, so on and so forth. So obviously, none of the structure uh, of the entire body is able to hold the weight and the poundage and stuff that you're trying to lift. So you're absolutely fucking gonna get injured <clears throat> because your muscles are getting like, uh, whatever, four or five times stronger than the cartilage, tendons, ligaments, so on and so forth. So that's high intensity, and we've seen examples of this, and we like that's isn't that like the number one thing that everybody everybody keeps on talking about oh my god poor ronnie coleman oh my god poor ronnie coleman because the guy's completely broken down at this point can't do absolutely anything like it's kind of like one of those things you know what's the point of you know having all those olympias when you have a life like that at this point <clears throat> let's look at the pros on jay cutler's side it's pretty clear the man absolutely won every single Olympia that, you know, he won so many goddamn Olympias. He has pretty much no injuries whatsoever. Like, everybody gets injured and there will be uh, overuse injuries because here's the thing. Let's say if you have wrong lifting mechanics or something, or like, for, for example, when I bench, if I'm benching both arms, my left arm doesn't do anything weird, but when I'm benching really, really deep, my right arm muscle not even a muscle, I don't know if it's a ligament or something, kind of like pops in and out a little bit, very slightly. It's not painful or anything, but it just goes across. Um, now, if I'm doing that thing, and that thing just keeps on getting repeated for 20, 30, 40, 50 reps in a row, then obviously those are overuse injuries that are waiting to happen, right? Because something somewhere isn't working the best. And obviously the more amount of volume that you do, and the more, and more amount of work that you do, <clears throat> the more you're gonna activate something like that. So you have the the uh, possibility of injuries there as well, but they will be overuse-based injuries, not really like tear-off tear injuries kind of thing. So that's uh, some of the pros and cons of high rep, uh, high volume and high intensity and so on and so forth. <clears throat> now, let me kind of explain to you the actual theory and why, why, the, uh, why that statement of the rep range that you're not doing is the best one makes sense. So there's a couple of different... Uh, so you have the sarcoplasmic hypertrophy thing, you have the myofibrillar hypertrophy thing, which sarcoplasmic is size, myofibrillar is how much strength potential you have, how much wonder max potential you have. And uh, here's basically how it goes. And I see this is really, I see this ev uh, the best in all of my new slash young uh, guy clients because these guys are new. Well, obviously they're starting off at this point, right? So their gains, I've made that graph before where the gains are exponential like this. So obviously their gains are insanely huge. If I make the same changes on myself or the same adaptations or something on myself in my programming, I see those gains as well, but I don't see them anywhere close to how I see these guys getting them. So let's see, let's see. So let's say high, okay, so being like we've heard this slash we know this, higher volume stuff is gonna lead to more growth. And obviously the six to 12 rep range uh, is 
considered to be more uh, hypertrophy slash oriented or something specific, right? So you want to try and do as much or more work in the 6 to 12 rep range and increase the time under tension, you know, like go 404 or whatever higher higher uh, eccentrics, like longer eccentrics and so on and so forth. So you're trying to do that anyways. <clears throat> But in order to maximize that, you need to have like a certain baseline amount of strength because you need to be able to use some respectable fucking poundages in order to keep that tension on your muscle and on your body in order for it to elicit growth, right? Like you can't be lifting fucking forks and spoons and cheeseburgers in order to (laughs) try and get muscle gains. You can get other kinds of gains, but you're not going to get muscle gains. So let's say if uh, if I start off and like two different copies of myself start off, right? One of them starts off with like hypertrophy uh, based work only, and the other one starts off with hypertrophy plus strength based rep work. Now this is really important because this was a study done by Brad Schoenfeld like a really long time ago, comparing five by fives versus three by sevens or three by tens or something like that. This was this was a video that was on Omar Isha's channel at some point, um, but I'm just gonna like summarize it basically, right? The TLDR was those guys that went for hypertrophy rep range training. They finished the workout shorter, so that was a benefit that they finished the workouts in a much shorter amount of time. They got the same amount of hypertrophy as the guys that did the uh, strength training, but the strength training guys got way stronger. Now, there's two ways that people actually, what is it, not dissect, but like basically try and get the, get the information out of it, but basically, in both cases, yes, the higher volume guys and therefore the higher rep range guys, right? The three to three to ten ish guys uh, and the five to five by five guys, they both got the same amount of rep, uh, whatever, uh, hypertrophy or something. But they got it in a short amount of time, so you might think that that's way more superior. Maybe, but actually it isn't, because this study ended only at whatever twelve weeks, eighteen weeks, twenty weeks, whatever it was, right? When you end that study at 8, 12, 20 weeks or something, you yes, you're tracking hypertrophy at this point in time, and yes, that works. What you're not looking at is the fact that they got they both got the equal amount of hypertrophy which they both wanted, right? But the guys that did the five by fives on the strength training are now like their squats have probably gone from whatever, let's say like zero kilos to like a hundred kilos. Whereas the hypertrophy motherfuckers, their squats have gone from zero kilos to thirty kilos or forty kilos max. Now these guys, the the hypertrophy range guys, are probably really close to their potential of already maxing out hypertrophy with that strength, anyways, right? But the guys that started off in strength training did not even train for hypertrophy. They got it as a side effect because muscle is going to grow when you put tension on it. They got it as a side effect, but as a secondary side effect, they didn't even train for hypertrophy. So they only trained for strength, which means now when you program and you move into like higher uh, rep range and higher tension work and higher volume work, their gains are gonna fucking maximize. They're gonna like, they're gonna skyrocket. So this is something, when that study came out, the only thing that Omar Isaf said was, oh guys, you can do both at the same time, but 5 by 5 would be more superior because you can get more strength. But he didn't really mention or explain why it would be much more superior because nobody looked at the, you know, the, the what's gonna happen even further into the future. So that was a really interesting study that came out at that point. Hopefully I might have some some pictures or reference pages or something, something like that. So that was one interesting thing. There was another thing about the same strength stuff or something, but... Uh, well, I guess maybe I could just explain upon that or elaborate upon that further. But again, yeah, so here's my point. <clears throat> so, if if me and a carbon copy of me both start off uh, training at the same time, right? One of us is doing strength training, the other one is doing uh, this uh, uh, higher volume rep work or something. Again, we're both getting the same amount of uh, uh, volume. Uh, sorry, we're getting the same amount of hypertrophy at the same time. 
to start off with but one of us only has the strength to be benching fucking 20 or 30 kilo dumbbells max which is fucking nothing actually if you're starting off it'll probably be like 20 25 30 pound pounds not even dumb uh kilos but yeah so that's the maximum amount of strength that i have and the other guy is working up to 80 kilos 90 kilos 100 kilos and now when he comes from there back down he's going to be able to do the same amount of volume work rep range work with so much higher strength he might be able to start off with 40 kilo dumbbells 40 50 kilo dumbbells and move on up way closer to like getting up to you know 100 kilos once again so again, that's the that's the whole point. Like nobody really takes the whole uh, big thing into into picture. So remember that one thing because that study kind of dictates how any beginner should start off training. Like anyone that's starting off at this point, if you have a friend or someone, make sure that they get into strength training and not be chasing hypertrophy stuff. But that's one thing. Um, so I got the the maximizing of the hmm, did I? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so I got all of that stuff right. <clears throat> now where does this come in? with respect to being really deep into your training career or where did the Shelby Starnes statement or something even make sense. Now again, I get so many of these guys, guys that are really good looking and they keep asking me the same thing. What do you think is the best rep range? What do you think is the best rep range? And sorry, <clears throat> but the but the question that they keep asking and then the ideas and the examples that they keep giving is, is the same too. Why are all of the guys, or like so many of the guys, doing high intensity stuff? And the examples of these guys would be Jordan Peters and the guys that Jordan Peters works with because he's extremely high intensity. Um, and then why are there people, others, sorry, others around like Greg, who are doing like really high volume and pump work and rep work and high tension sets and so on and so forth. Why are, why are these guys there? And which ones of these will be the best to like maximize? Dude, I'm actually into my bulk and I'm, I'm already like a hot chocolate down, fucking a protein brownie down, a whole fucking cup of tea down, uh, with like actual sugar, <laughs> because I can eat as many carbs and fucking as much food as I possibly want, um, and uh, I just had like whatever, 60-70 grams old shake or something at this point, with protein and peanut butter and milk and bananas, so I'm like, it's only like 11am in the morning. So I'm already pretty fucking full right now. <laughs> and I just defrosted some salmon steak and some beef. Like the bulk is fucking real. Like I'm actually getting, I'm getting fucking good gains. So like this time's uh, weekly update or whatever, monthly update or something, it's gonna be pretty good. <clears throat> but yeah, that's also why I'm already so gassed. Whew, uh, it's because <laughs> I'm walking around with the food baby at fucking 11 a.m. the goddamn morning. <laughs> so, okay, let's get into it. So yeah, why are Jordan Peters and such doing high intensity training? And why are fucking, uh, uh, I don't know, yeah, Greg Doucette or other people doing like high rep work, pump work training. I mentioned how they both work. Uh, damn it, where was I going with that? I know I had a point there, fuck. God damn it. I know I definitely have a point there, I completely forgot. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so so that study thing is done, right? <clears throat> Dude, but basically, again, like an example of that. Now, let's say I'm training for so long. <sighs> so, if I... And this is actually my training right now. This is literally my training right now. So, I was doing... With Greg, I was doing really high uh, rep work, pump work, all that kind of band attention, time and attention, 404, all that kind of stuff, right? And then I 
once I started working with him and so on and so forth. Now I know everything got fucked because of COVID. But even despite that, even after that I tried to do that for a little bit more. That was interesting, but then it got boring. And then I don't think I was getting the gains fast enough anymore. So I basically moved back to high intensity strength based stuff. And the strength based stuff is fucking, it's really fun to like grip and drip and like fucking tear shit apart. It's so much fun to get your strength up. So I did that for a really long time. I did that for fucking three months, six months, eight months. And I've been doing that for that long. And I, of course, I'm making strength gains and size gains and so on and so forth too. Uh, so on and so forth too. But uh, now is the time to go back into high, uh, higher volume stuff. Because all the strength that you build in the first phase is going to be used in the second phase, right? So all the strength potential that you build here is going to be used here. But when you do the higher volume phase, I actually have never mentioned this before. What you build in the higher volume phase is the ability to clear out lactic acid, to clear out metabolic waste, to, again, to feel the burn and to keep going through the goddamn pain and the burn and stuff, which you don't really feel any of that stuff when you're doing like grip and rip work, right? You never feel any of that stuff. They're both really painful. Both methods of training are, one, you have to psych yourself out to like fucking grip and rip. And the other one is like, oh my God, how long is the set gonna keep going? How, how long can I last? And you don't wanna like bitch out on the set either. So you're literally going and feeling the pain all the way through. So they're both really good for mental training. Uh, but yeah, now <clears throat> I'm gonna like shorten that part out. But the same, rep, uh, the same strength gains or any gains, any kind of gains, the, the results cycle, right? When you start off, exponential gains to start off with. When you keep going further, much, much, much slower gains, right? When you're really deep into your training career, this happens all the time. Like when you're doing a, uh, like let's say you move into a strength phase and you're doing zero to six, zero to eight, whatever it is. Initially for the two, three, four weeks, six weeks, maybe two months or something, the gains will be really fast. And then they will subside, they'll plateau, they'll become much, much, much slower. That's when you wanna switch over to like really much more higher volume work, which would be six or 12 or something at that point, or just go straight 15, 20 plus. It, you could just go between two different rep ranges. You don't have to cycle between three of them or something like that. You can cycle between all of them or two of them. But my point is, once you flip that once again, now once again in the six, in the 15 or 20 rep range, your gains are gonna be incredibly fast, incredibly quick, right? And then you're gonna fucking plateau once again, and then you come back to the other one. That's where the philosophical uh, uh, answer of the best rep range is the one rep range that you're not doing, that's where that answer comes from. Because once you start doing any certain rep range, eventually that rep range is gonna max out and you're gonna have maximized the results from that rep range and then you wanna change. That's honestly most of everything that I can think about with respect to rep range training and I mentioned injuries, I mentioned all the success stories and the results and so on and so forth. I'll give you like a couple of examples actually. So let's just take the examples of both John Meadows and uh, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> both John Meadows and uh, 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 Dave Dave from Elite FTS. And let's also take uh, the, the examples of these old school guys, uh, uh, Arnold and Franco Colombo and stuff. Now, I think I mentioned this multiple different times, but uh, uh, Arnold Arnold's mentor was Reg Park. Arnold did five by fives, Reg Park did five by fives. Franco Colombo, I don't know if he did five by fives, but he did strength training and powerlifting as well. These guys are all powerlifting contenders and like record holders and such. Everybody trained for strength bases, and then eventually everyone moved into like higher volume work training. I don't know if they cycled it. I would assume that they did, but I don't really know. Um, we do know because John Meadows has documented pretty much all of his training, as has uh, uh, Eddie FTS's Dave Tate. 
but both of these guys but again John Meadows went to him to try and learn how to become stronger because he realized that I've maximized as much as I possibly can with respect to all my lactic acid work and my linear progression and this and that and everything what is some new shit that I can do uh, that I, to, in order to get more gains right so he went to the strength guys this is something that you may not know simply because the uh, Dave Tate is not actually that popular uh, because he's into powerlifting and he's just this, like a smaller guy in the industry I, I don't know like, you know he's less popular or something but uh, Dave Tate has always been into powerlifting, right? But there was a certain point in time where he could not maximize his strength anymore and he tried all kinds of stuff and then he actually went into bodybuilding. Now, I'll try and find pictures of uh, Dave Tate in his bodybuilding career and such because he went into bodybuilding to try and get uh, as many gains as he possibly could as well, which is the same thing about chasing different, like trying to maximize different kinds of uh, strength potentials and, and all kinds of things in order to finally maximize his, uh, his uh, powerlifting numbers. <sighs> now, one of the interesting things is I think he did, was not a big fan of it, so he did like it which is kind of counterproductive to the entire <laughs> video that I just made uh, but I'll give you again so I'll give you examples of uh, some of the guys the young guys that I'm working with right when they max I might have the chats in here or something just to kind of prove it but when they maximized their whatever uh, lower rep range work that we were doing and he saw once twice thrice or something and then eventually I was like okay let's move up to 3 to 12 so 3 by 12 to so 3 by 15 or something for a certain move I believe it was the overhead press or the shoulder press or something <clears throat> so uh, I was like okay let's move on to 3 by 12 to so 3 by 15s and he started doing that and I was like and, and his strength gains fucking went through the roof once again I think it was, just, it was the same thing for squats we moved his squats around or we moved his uh, squat technique or something and then we came back once again and his fucking squat went through the roof and when I say through the roof I'm talking like 20, 30, 40 pounds for like a guy that's only like 130, 160, 130, 135, 145 some pounds or something so so that's insane. Like for me, when I cycle those kinds of things, I get like five, 10, maybe 15 pounds if I'm lucky. And these guys are getting up 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. So you can see the same thing happening. Uh, obviously, again, wherever you are in that strength potential phase thing. Again, finally, uh, I hope all of that made sense. I don't know why I never answered that question. Uh, this is a really interest, uh, a really confusing but interesting topic and I know that people have like really weird answers for it but this is the uh, this is the conclusion that I've come up to it absolutely works I've tried this multiple different times obviously I'm gonna learn a lot more in my life as I keep on going on so I will probably update it at that point but now at 12 years in this is actually what makes sense if you want to try and maximize your gains you want to try and maximize your gains everywhere kind of like life <laughs> like you want to maximize your gains in money and muscle and women and game and social interactions and fucking everything else but yeah basically if you want to like have a total like holistic quality of uh, bodybuilding or hypertrophy or stuff too you want to try and maximize all kinds of gains from every single place hopefully all of that made sense uh, if you guys did uh, please do help me out with a like comment share subscribe do share it with your other friends and so on and so forth who might enjoy it and i shall see you all next time peace and finally, if I can help you to create a training program in order for you to gain muscle and not fat, if I can help you to create a diet where you can optimize fat loss and not muscle loss, if I can help you to understand how essential a reverse diet is and set it up for you, or if you're using any SARMs or steroids or any PEDs and you need help with guidance and safety around those, or if you just need to understand what your blood tests actually mean, or if you're trying to navigate life and you want to understand your psychology and other psychology and how can you be more productive and happier in your own life, please feel free to reach out to me. My Instagram and my email are both in the description box below as well as on the video in front of you right now. And finally, if you can help me out, 
if you know other people that need my help and advice and guidance, but they don't even know that I exist, just let them know about my existence. Finally, if you haven't already, then please help me out with the like, comment, share, subscribe, and I shall see you all next time. Peace.